Hello and welcome to Time to Talk, the podcast that brings you important conversations about health in a digestible form. I am your host, Dr. Claire Gilvray from Cognitive Sports Therapy. I bring you over 20 years of clinical experience. So sit back or pop on your trainers and head out the door and let's go. Brilliant, so that's us live. Um, Welcome to Time to Talk. I am Dr. Claire Gilbray from Cognitive Sports Therapy and I am delighted tonight to be joined by Ashley Milman-Pasio, who does not need much of an introduction at all, Ashley, do you? You are a pro cyclist, Olympian, a Commonwealth Games athlete, um, Zwift eSports world champion. Um, Thank you so much for joining me. do you want to tell me a little bit about even this year and and how this year has been for you? Um, yeah, so I mean, this year has been a really great year in terms of, you know, I've reached um, a level of, of my best level of performance, um, even though, you know, I've been going for, for 13 years. So this is my 13th um, season as a pro cyclist. And I really believe that um, that this continuous sort of growth in strength and even this, um, you know, next step for me was really a lot to do with um, with Zwift and indoor cycling or esports. Um, so obviously in the COVID lockdown, I was in Spain where there was a, a really hard lockdown. So I had no other option um, but to to either embrace indoor cycling or not to ride at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just am generally the type of person who, you know, I, I am a very positive person you know I always try and find um, the positives in in everything and also I'm always quite um, quite eager for a for a challenge or, or um, you know I'm happy to take on a challenge so um, yeah at the time the Olympic Games was still very much happening um, and so I decided well if I want to s- still you know stay on good form and because you know it was very different all around the world you know some parts of the world they still were riding outdoors yeah. I saw it as a, as a massive disadvantage if I didn't find a way of embracing the virtual world um, and you know at first I, I, I didn't enjoy training indoors at, at all um, before the COVID pandemic um, and it was mostly to do with the fact that I am somewhat of a perfectionist, <laughs> especially when it comes to, to training. So I really like to execute, especially interval training, um, you know, as best as I, I possibly can. And often even, you know, always shooting for even better numbers or, um, or you know, to get my best numbers. Yeah. And so indoor cycling was, was a bit frustrating for me because um, if you don't do it regularly, it's hard to get the same numbers that you would outdoors. Because it is, it's a different training stimulus. You know, it's almost like a kind of a gym workout um, because of of the um, unnatural uh, resistance. So, you know, when I first got onto Zwift, I was very much aware of this frustration, and I spoke to my coach about it. And so he sort of encouraged me to to just drop my watts by by you know twenty or thirty watts um, from my FTP to make the numbers more realistic and more achievable. Um, and so that's how we started. And, you know, the first sessions were really tough and that same frustration surfaced. But I just kept, you know, um, trying to to motivate myself. And, of course, Swift with the social aspect helped, you know, as I opened my mind to it. Um, and then, you know, as time passed and as I spent more and more time on Swift, um, I started to to make the adaptations um, that you would if you if you keep keep at something and so then the, the power numbers started to increase and I started to be able to get the same numbers that I would outdoors and then I did a uh, I did some power tests or performance tests for my coach and I and I produced really good results I was realizing well I was actually getting stronger by, uh, by riding 
swift. I mean, so yeah, and then one thing led to the next, and I realized the potential of the virtual world uh, to grow female participation. I started to realize how it creates such a, a nice sort of safe space uh, for women to to challenge themselves and to to build confidence, um, which then they can hopefully take into the real world, whether it's the real world in terms of riding the bike or whether it's just in terms of the real world in their workspace, you know, to build their confidence to, to be a better person or a stronger uh, person in general. And, yeah, and then one thing led to the next and um, I started my virtual community, Rockingham Collective, and, yeah, I just, I mean, although I, I find a really good balance now between training outdoors and indoors, I, I absolutely love um, training on Swift and especially with um, the Rock of Corbett Collective because it's just so cool being able to come together with like-minded women and to be able to share our experiences and just to sort of pay it forward to help other women to to find their best themselves um, on the bike. Yeah, because that's I exactly I wasn't really a big fan at all of the indoor cycling and I find Rock of Corbett. Um, and our the team effect is massive, isn't it? It's having other women around you that um, can inspire you and motivate you, and having a sort of a, a DS in your ear cheering you, kind of like catch the wheel, catch the wheel. It's like oh, I feel like I'm in the peloton. It feels a bit more real when you've got that kind of community around you. And I think it's amazing what you've created as part of Rock Corps. But I mean, do you know how many people you've got as part of that community now? Like, how many? So we're at we're at 150 members now, um, yeah, which you know we're quite happy with and proud of. And you know, I, I want to, um, you know, of course, I'd love for it to grow um, even bigger. But what's really important for me is that it, it remains, um, you know, a personal space. You know, obviously, um, as it grows bigger, it becomes more and more difficult to know every single person. But to, yeah, just to make um, make sure that we don't ever lose that personal touch. Um, so, you know, as it grows, obviously I would um, like to have more and more uh, riders on board to be able to lead in DS. Um, and so that there is always a close connection um, between, you know, uh, the leaders in the community and community members. Um, in time, obviously it would be great to be able to offer more um, time slots, you know, so that uh, it's there's more opportunities for people to join rides, you know, if one slot doesn't suit them and maybe even to grow um, to different to accommodate for different time zones. Um, but for the moment, I mean, it's just been incredible to see, you know, those um, meaningful interactions that have formed between, you know, the Rock Harbor Collective Premier League team who sort of race on, on a more serious uh, level uh, with the community teams. And I think that's what makes as Swift really special is is the fact that there is racing for anyone you know no matter what your level is and then also the, the opportunity for people to improve you know to go from I've seen so many of our collective members you know improving from the D level to the C level the C level to the B level um, and then also just to see how you know through creating those interactions between the sort of pro pro level of the sport on, on Swift and the community level, how I believe, you know, we're growing a female fan base because uh, then the community members are more inclined to watch the pro racing because they, they feel that they know uh, the athletes or they can identify or they relate or they like the story. Um, so that's also something, you know, I, I kind of realized quite early on with, with women cycling is that for women to display an interest in watching uh, women's sport you know, it's not really about necessarily who, you know, the results always or or the equipment or the power numbers. It's more about being able to relate um, to the athletes or feeling like you know the athletes. Um, 
And so that's been really, really special for me to see, you know, just to have seen how um, the collective members, even how they all got behind me when I was racing the Tour de France Femme and how special that was for me, you know. And of course, it was a slightly disappointing uh, tour for me, you know, started off great. Thought I was on track uh, to be at least on the podium. And then I got a gastrointestinal bug and unfortunately there, there was just nothing I could do. Um, but then, you know, to to not have achieved my goal, but still to have had just so many messages coming from collective members saying they loved watching me and that they were so inspired by by watching me and just the fact that there is a women's Tour de France, um, you know, to, to see the impact that had, you know, made the disappointment that much more bearable because, you know, it just shows that there's so much more to sport than just results or, or winning. You know, there's it's a great pathway to inspire people, you know, to become the best version of themselves. And that's kind of, you know, what our, our goal is at Rockerport Collective. I love that. And I don't know whether you um, can put across a sense of what it's like to be in the peloton as a woman. I mean, is it I think the men's peloton's really quite cutthroat. Is the is the female peloton like that as well, or is there support? Is there competitive <laughs> uh, support within the peloton for each other? What do you? No, I think you know. So what's very different about the women's peloton is is that there really is like a deep sort of sense or passion, you know, in the peloton. So most women that are that are riding in the peloton are there because they love riding and and they have a passion for the sport. Um, and I hope that that remains, you know, because a big reason why that obviously is the case at the moment is because, you know, for example, for an athlete like myself, I I literally got into pro cycling purely through passion. And it didn't really make sense financially at all uh, in the beginning of my career. But what made it sort of sustainable and what kept me going was was the passion I had for it. And, you know, I've seen how women's cycling has evolved and grown and um, you know, it's it's really taken massive steps um, in the 13 years that I've been in in the professional peloton. But it's really amazing to see. You know, so it is a more, it is a lucrative career for for many women now. Um, still far off for men, but we're we're getting you know closer and closer. Um, but it's still it's a great environment in the women's peloton. You know, we all are. Um, I wouldn't say you know we're all best friends, but we're all very supportive of one another. Um, you know, and there's Usually, you know, especially in the beginning of the race, you know, there's good chit chat, you know, people congratulating, you know, like if someone won yesterday or if you had a good ride, you know, the day before, you know, you know, everyone coming up sort of saying, well done, you were super strong or, you know, that kind of talk. And then, okay, when it gets to the pointy end of the race, then it's a bit more serious and maybe there isn't all this chit chat happening. And yeah. and it's funny, we, the competitive side gets switched on and, and um, yeah, we, we do our best to get the best result we can um but there's always camaraderie you know afterwards you know congratulating one another so it's a really good environment within the women's peloton and do you think is there anything else you've talked about how the collective i guess that goes some way and increase increases the interest doesn't it around women cycling and getting women watching women cycling is there is there anything else do you think that we could be that gender gap that there still is yeah well i mean I think obviously, you know, um, the Tour de France Farm has been really huge um, to help um, elevate women's cycling, and it and it's really is very very tangible. What you know, the impact that has had, or very real. So I mean, to be like totally transparent to show the the impact that it's had. For example, next the contract I've signed for next year, it's it's double um, what I'm earning this year. You know, so 
that's a very, very real um, impact that it's had. And it's, it's something that we've all known for quite some time that um, the Tour de France really is the biggest race um, cycling event in the world. And it's the one event that most people know about, even if you're not a, an avid cyclist. And so we've all known for many years that it's been, so, it is so important for the women's uh, peloton to have the opportunity to race this race, to be able to take um, the steps forward to, to make it a more, more viable career or just to push the sport forward in, as a whole. So I, I've, I'm very grateful that I'm still around <laughs> to yeah, actually yeah. Um, see, you know, the real impact and to also um, to reap the rewards of it. Um, it is actually, it's been really an awesome experience because I've been part of the whole, you know, sort of fight or, or push, you know, to get women cycling, to move it forward and then to actually experience it has been really incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just need you know, we need to have more exposure and we need to have more people watching because as you can see, I mean, the biggest um, takeaway from the Twitter France Farm is the TV numbers, you know. So the more people who are watching, um, the the more likely it is that the and that is grow. So, yeah, I think that's the big thing for, for a woman is, is that women also watch women's racing. Um, yeah. I think that you know, it's also, it needs to be slightly different to draw a female fan base in, but I think that there are some nice initiatives happening, like, for example, you know, my Rock for the Collective community yeah. with the Swift Racing and the fact that Swift sponsored the Tour de France Farm, I think that's also been um, great in terms of getting more women interested um, in the sport because Swift do a lot um, to sort of champion equality and to really put their money where their mouth is. Um, so I couldn't think of a more appropriate sponsor for the Tour de France Farm. Um, and I think that's what we need. We need, you know, through virtual cycling, I think there's great opportunity to get more and more women on their bikes um, to realize yeah. the of cycling and how how awesome it is in terms of, of just empowerment, you know. Um, just I got into cycling later in life, so you know, I wasn't I wasn't a, a pro cyclist from a very young age. You know, I first studied um, chemical engineering and then found um, my my talent for cycling. So I suppose that's why I also have this massive sort of passion to to pay it forward and to and to afford other women uh, the empowerment I experienced through cycling. You know, I wasn't always um, a person who believed in myself or who was very confident at all. And through, you know, my husband, Carl, who believed in me and helped me to develop as a cyclist, I grew in self-confidence and I've become a way stronger woman, not only physically, but mentally. And um, that level of, of empowerment or freedom that I've experienced through that journey um, ha has just been so incredible. And so, you know, I really want to pay for it so more women can experience that, that form of empowerment uh, through cycling. So if, if someone's watching this today and they want to kind of get involved, they can go on the Rocco Corpa site and they can sign up to the community, can't they? And be part of that community at whatever level they're coming in at. Um, and you also have you have a beautiful venue sitting there in Rocco Corpa in Spain, don't you, that, that people can go and, and train at. And it, it just looks, it looks stunning, I have to say. Yeah, thanks. So, I mean, Girona really is um, a cycling paradise. You know, we have just such a great variety mm -hmm. of of quiet country roads. Um, the cars are very respectful of the cyclists. Um, it's very beautiful scenery, great um, restaurants and uh, um, and food. So, there's um, so many reasons to come to Girona to ride. And then, uh, yeah, Rocco Cycling is quite a unique um, property. It's a mm -hmm. historical Catalan estate. 
literally at the base of the Rokokoba climb. So uh, Rokokoba is a climb for those who are wondering uh, where the name comes from. So we're a little bit outside of Girona, um, the town itself, um, closer to Banyoles, which has uh, also a very beautiful lake. Um, but what's great about um, staying a little bit outside of Girona is that uh, you have immediate access to the quiet road. So there's no um, town or city to ride through before you start your ride. But it's very accessible um, by bike or by car to go and enjoy um, the city of Girona. And there's just such a great like cycling culture in the area. Lots of um, nice coffee shops to visit or um, stops along the way. Uh, you obviously see plenty of pros out on the roads because uh, yeah. a lot of um, international pros base themselves in Girona. And yes, so on we have our, our website, Rock Corbett Cycling. And on the website is also um, a page for the Rock Corbett Collective. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it would be great for, for people to sign up to the collective. It is um, female-centric, you know, women um, are our main focus, but it's not totally exclusive. You know, men are also welcome if they'd like. Uh, we do have mixed social rides and our workout rides um, are also open to both men and women. And then, you know, for example, this November we'll be um, hosting. It hasn't yet um, been made official, but it should be out soon that we'll have a Rockaforba Collective Camp at Rockaforba Cycling as well. So, oh, wow. you know, the opportunity for collective members to, to meet up in real life and to ride at Rockaforba Cycling and in um, the famous pain cave at Rockaforba yeah. Cycling um, will be an opportunity this November. And it's something we'd obviously like to do more and more of. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much for joining me, Ashley. I kind of try and keep this to 15 minutes. I could talk to you all night, but um, I know that you are busy. So thank you so much for joining me. And if anyone's got any questions, I always say at the end, please feel free to ask me and I can always forward them to Ashley. Um, thank you. Um, and good luck with the rest of your plans and for um, the rest of the season and for next year. So glad you're not leaving. It's, it's great to hear that you're st sticking with racing. Thank Absolutely. you. <laughs>